For today's episode of our AI Testimonials podcast series, we are joined by Vincent Copes. Vincent is a composer and computer scientist with a background in sound design, music composition, and artificial intelligence. He holds a PhD in music information retrieval from Utrecht University and is working as a senior data scientist at RTL Netherlands, developing AI audiovisual projects for television and video on demand. With our discussion with Vincent, we effectively continue the generative AI theme uh, started with our last podcast when we talked with Martin von Ahlisch about generative AI in text and images. We'd like to encourage everyone to check out that particular session for Martin's deep insights into this particular generative AI domain. Our conversation with Vincent focuses on generative AI for audio, more specifically about his generative AI work at RTL Netherlands in general and his music AI work in particular, as widely popularized by this year's AI Song Contest, also billed as Eurovision with a Twist, which he co-organized and was a jury member of. If you want to get in touch with me, Carsten Mörning, or my co-host, Markus Kuring, to provide feedback or to suggest future guests and topics, simply connect on LinkedIn. And here's our conversation with Vincent. So hi everyone, um, and welcome Vincent Kops uh, from Martinell Netherlands um, for joining us on this second session really on generative AI. Uh, last time around uh, we talked to Martin von Alish on generative AI in text and images, and we're very happy and very pleased to have Vincent with us, who is a really renowned expert on anything with generative AI in audio, in general, and music in particular. Um, Vincent is a senior data scientist at, as I said already, RTL Netherlands. But uh, over to you, Vincent. Please introduce uh, yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about your professional and academic journey uh, so far. And by the way, thanks very much for taking the time to be with us. So over to you, Vincent. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, for inviting me here. Really, really exciting. Yeah, so um, um, I have a kind of like a, a mixed background in music, so both music and artificial intelligence. Um, I started my studies uh, studying uh, music technology, so uh, that had to do with uh, uh, basically m uh, music composition as well, but also uh, technical stuff like uh, synthesizers and and, uh, and and generating sounds. Um, focused uh, on uh, on a uh, on a practical effort, basically, so on mu on movies or on uh, commercials, that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I finished that, I started studying artificial intelligence, but I kept uh, being interested in, uh, in music, of course. Uh, and um, uh, I did some research, uh, bachelor's research and master's research on, uh, on music and audio-related stuff. And finally, also did my PhD uh, here in the Netherlands at Utrecht University, where I did research on um, uh, harmony in audio. So uh, whether we can automatically uh, uh, analyze the harmony in uh, in audio, so the audio of music, of course, uh, and then also compare it. Uh, uh, so so one of the the things you can use this for is, for example, um, you could take a whole uh, data set of music from a from particular composer, for example, analyze the harmony and say something interesting about uh, this composer or another composer. Um, I also worked together with a company uh, where this was used to to uh, for e-learning um, capabilities. So where you would take an audio file, 
get the harmony so you could learn it to play it on your guitar, for example, uh, or on the piano, whatever instrument you're playing. Um, so that was my, my, uh, my PhD research. It, it revolved around that. And now I'm a, I'm a, a senior data scientist at RTL Netherlands, where I'm also uh, working with audio, but also with, uh, with video. Um, and basically um, everything, uh, all the audiovisual AI projects, um, I have some kind of say in at, uh, at RTL Netherlands. Um, so those uh, are, for example, automatic promo generation for our video on demand platform. Um, we do music analysis uh, to see how much music we have in our content. We do uh, other types of audio analysis, speech analysis, those kind of things. So all projects that relate around audio, video and artificial intelligence. So Vincent, with so many years into the music industry or business, uh, did it change your way of how you're listening to music, especially when you know so much about harmonies? Um, uh, yes, I think so, but, but in a good way, I think. I think uh, uh, you, you can, I guess, appreciate more the differences and, and, uh, and the comparisons. So uh, I hear this a lot from people where they, where they say, when you know more about something, can you appreciate it less? That's kind of yeah. usually the... The, the general sense of it, but I think it's the other way around, actually. If you know more about something, you can actually appreciate it more. Yeah, talking about appreciation, um, you've become recently something of a public figure in this domain, of course. Um, I mean, famously, the Netherlands won last year's uh, Eurovision Song Contest in 2019. So typically that means you are entitled to hosting uh, the, the, the Eurovision Song Contest in the following year. Of course, that didn't happen because of the corona crisis. And instead of that, you, can, you came up with the idea, you and your co-organizers, I believe, you were also a jury member, uh, with the AI Song Contest, also called uh, Eurovision with a Twist, um, which had a lot of international media coverage, of course, because it's an interesting idea in, by itself in itself, but also interesting findings came out of it, uh, even leading up to a paper you published with your co-authors. Um, and as I said, it had uh, a lot of uptake internationally. Um, so yeah, maybe can you tell us a little bit about your experience, what, 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 what the, the organization of the event was like, the highlights, the lowlights, and, and also the paper and, and everything else which came out of it. Yeah, so so this was a, a project that started out uh, by um, it was actually it started out by by a Dutch broadcaster, the VPRO. Uh, it's a Dutch public broadcaster that um, um, uh, th there was a, a lady there, uh, Karen van Dijk, who was uh, who had this idea of organizing uh, an AI song contest. Indeed, as you said, because we we won the uh, the contest last year, so it was in part uh, kind of like a research uh, idea. So can we? Can we actually do this already? Create create music with AI. Would it be interesting? And would it be good enough to to be part of um, the actual song contest, for example? So these were kind of the, the ideas that were floating around, and um, uh, we happened to run into each other at uh, um, at a at a workshop uh, where um, I talked to some colleagues of her, and and we. Uh, um, we got talking about this this uh, this topic, so we we kind of developed this, um, and in the beginning, it was kind of framed around like, can we, can AI compose music as well as humans can, sort of. But we after we we get uh, we, we talked about this a lot, and actually, we we came more and more to the question, how do how can people and AI 
co-create music in the best way possible um, because we didn't want to focus on making human composers uh, um, um, useless basically by by replacing them by machines but we wanted to investigate how well is ai already capable of of composing together with with humans how ca- how can it be used in such a, in a creative way or in, in new ways kind of like um, the comparison that's been made is like the electric guitar was a uh, when that was invented a whole new genre of music or multiple genres uh, uh, came to fruition and the same you could maybe say for artificial intelligence this is a new new way of approaching this this topic this music composition and how we can uh, how can we uh, use this in the in a in the most interesting way to to come up with new kinds of music um so this was kind of like the the setup uh, and, and the the uh, the philosophy that we uh, that we g- went into this uh, this project. Um, so yeah, we we sent out a call. And we started out with uh, at Izmir. So this is the International Society for Music Information Retrieval, a large conference ar- surrounding uh, music and information retrieval uh, related topics. So also artificial intelligence. We found a lot of uh, interested people there. Um, and after we put out the call there, we also made a more worldwide call um, um, in the sense that uh, we, we limited the, the, the people that, who could join. Uh, we limited to the Eurovision countries, of course, uh, because it was modeled after the, the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, uh, but we found more and more people really interested. And in the end, we actually had 13 teams submitting uh, their music that was uh, uh, co-created with AI. And it was uh, it was super exciting. It was a, a such a large diversity of of cool projects, interesting music, and and interesting teams that that joined. It was it was really really nice. Uh, it, it, from from what you, I mean, as I say, this has been covered widely in in, in the media because it's such a such an uh, appealing idea. Um, from from all of these various entries, and and from those of, of of our listeners who are not so familiar with the Eurovision uh, format, uh, strangely enough, Australia <laughs> is always also competing in the Eurovision. Uh, I think this is for historic reasons, um, um, which we I guess get to a little later on as well when it comes to the Australian entry. Um, well, what did you? What were your sort of findings? I mean, these findings were summarized in your in your um, ISEM paper you just re- uh, referenced to. Um, and uh, I mean, did people mostly focus on generating song lyrics, on generating synthetic voices or or melodies, or or even all of this? Um, um, I mean, you touched on this a little bit already because you said your focus was on augmentation rather than on replacing and. But um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what you what you saw and uh, what, what happened during during this uh, contest? Yeah, so um, um, there were a couple of things that were interesting. One was that um, uh, some teams, and actually uh, quite quite a, a large number of teams, they started out with the idea of generating a full song, so mm. creating a system that from from scratch basically would output an entire song. And each one of the teams who that tried that failed miserably. It was it was way too complicated to, to do that. Um, so you you saw the same strategy in each of the teams. They started out kind of like holistically, like how can we generate this entire piece? Uh, this failed, so they broke down 
the individual components of music into separate models and separate little little uh, sub problems to tackle uh, with with uh, different problems um, and um, um, lots of the a lot of the teams they 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 steer towards open source models and or pre-trained models or things that, that are available on the you know, uh, open source repositories um, and also models that are, are uh, um, um, yeah that are uh, popular let's say and what I mean with that is for example as you mentioned lyrics uh, lyrics are an important uh, component of, of songs of course so everybody uh, yeah I think it was everybody um, use some kind of flavor of, uh, of a GPT-3 model, for example, for uh, for text generation. Um, we we had a data set uh, for for all the teams available that had music of the um, uh, of all the like historical Eurovision songs, um, and uh, a lot of teams made their own data set of of lyrics. Uh, so a lot of the teams used the uh, Eurovision lyrics data set to fine-tune a GPT-3 model to generate lyrics. Um, this is basically all the teams uh, did this, um, and some of them had some really clever approaches where they, uh, after training, they had uh, they, they tuned it a little bit towards a particular subject they were interested in, or they, they said they didn't want to have certain words in there, or they 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 uh, they they took only the output that was uh, they had a positive sentiment for example um basically so there, there was a there were uh, uh, the problems were broken down into se separate steps like generating the lyrics but then also from the output uh, uh select some some output and also uh, maybe tune it a little bit to to for example positive uh, sentiment and you see this in the, in the other modalities in the music as well so so uh, um um, melody generation, for example, as well. Uh, there are models that can can generate melodies. So so and they are open source. For example, uh, Google Magenta has some 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 nice, uh, for example, uh, transformer based models that are uh, capable of generating melodies. They took these melodies um, uh, and then uh, used their own data set basically to create a better model that 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 reflected uh, somehow the. Um, Eurovisionness of mod of of melodies, let's say, so they can use uh, so they could use those melodies for their uh, for their um, for their song, and then afterwards, after they they created all these little parts, they uh, reconstructed basically all these little parts to create a final song that they submitted. This was, in general, sort of like the the general approach that that most of the teams took. Vincent, uh, maybe. Two questions. So one is, which data set of music uh, could you take for this? And the second is, I saw uh, quite a popular AI-generated uh, music song on YouTube, which was called Blue Jeans and Bloody Tears. Uh, so what, yeah. <laughs> with over 5.5 million views, uh, 200,000 likes. So was this also part, uh, and it, it sounds surprisingly good, uh, was it also part uh, of the contest? Uh, this song was not not part of the uh, this, this song was not part of the contest no um uh but this is of course uh th this is an uh, uh yeah an, an older uh example of this this uh, song approach uh, to to ai okay it's been uh, been around for a little bit i think um but but it wasn't part of the of the of the contest no okay this was the uh this was my question um, so, because this song uh, was using only data from the last 64 Eurovision contest, so uh, 
could you take other data sets as well? Data sets? Yeah, yeah. So um, um, I think all this the 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 song contest uh, data is is not enough to train a, a decent model. Yeah. So what what most of the the teams did if the, if they trained a model from scratch, they used one of the giant, for example, MIDI data sets uh, that were available to generate uh, melodies. Because um, this is important to break down. I think. Um, uh, you have basically two ways to uh, to approach this problem of 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 music making. And so one is is uh, is creating MIDI or some kind of symbolic representation okay. where you generate sort of like sheet music, for example. And the other one is to directly generate audio. Um, and uh, the first one, generate MIDI, it's it's really hard, but it's it's a lot easier and uses you it it um, requires less compute power to work on it because the, the files are relatively lightweight uh, and you can easily uh, manipulate them. Uh, generating audio, on the other hand, like, uh, for example, the famous OpenAI uh, released um, an, a juke, jukebox model uh, or they had this uh, large um, big paper a while ago on the jukebox. Uh, the, the training times for these models are insane. It's just, it just is not... Um, uh, doable for the for the regular uh, uh, music AI uh, researcher or, or or musician, this is just uh, not possible. So the focus is is uh, of all the teams is on uh, is mostly on on this symbolic in the symbolic domain. So MIDI uh, generating this this symbolic uh, representation and then afterwards turning it into music through synthesizers or in some cases uh, through um, uh, uh, human performers. Um, um, of, of course, I mean, uh, it's just following on to what Marcus really, really was saying, um, <clears throat> in, in your AI song contest, of course, the winning entry turned out to be Australian at the end, um, and which I think is characterized, if you listen to the song, is, is characterized by a catchy tune, um, sort of pop song nature, and, and I guess, which is why it won the popular vote of people. I mean, shockingly enough, because your jury vote uh, went to the German entry, of course, famously. So <laughs> it was snatched away from the German entry. Uh, but following on from those questions on Marcus, I mean, c could you tell what characterized, or why did you come to the conclusion as a jury to say, okay, this German entry is, is actually is, is, is more relevant or is actually the winning entry from our point of view, whereas the popular vote, of course, because of the catchy, catchier tune, I believe, uh, voted for Australian. Could, could you... Uh, say a little about uh, this. Yeah, so um, I have to say, like both of those those uh, submissions were amazing. Uh, they were they were and for their own reasons. Um, so this Australian team, they 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 blended in uh, uh, sounds from the uh, Australian wildlife, for example, and they they turned basically the wildlife sounds into into uh, musical sounds mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, uh, they had a really interesting way of generating lyrics and, and, and melodies. And they had a really fantastic, like, all-star team of, of producers and uh, researchers. So, so, so uh, I won't say, like, the, their submission was, was really, really nice. But uh, what was really nice about the, the German submission was that um, uh, there were a couple of things. So one was, it was, a, um, they 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 learned or they, they used their failures in a really interesting way. Like I said, some of the teams started out with uh, aiming for generating a complete song from beginning to end. 
so this German team also tried to do that. So this team uh, is famous for uh, having done this with, uh, for example, uh, uh, metal music. Uh, they they have uh, they're called data bots. You can listen to AI generated metal. Uh, technical metal. It goes on for ten hours or something. It's just an an, end, an endless radio of uh, technical death metal, and it sounds amazing. It's it's really cool, and also uh, punk punk music. It's it's really cool. Uh, they had the similar approach where they want to wanted to generate um, Eurovision type of audio, and then basically cut and paste it up to a to an actual song sort of. Uh, so they failed, but instead of of tossing it out, they actually. Uh, listened to it a lot and started hearing lyrics in this in this in this weird audio that they generated and they heard little tiny melodies and so they used it as inspiration where they had a, a singer uh, basically interpret the noise and the and the and the weird sounds that the neural network was making and they uh, were inspired by it some some way uh, created uh, created lyrics uh, they heard this whole uh, um, story in there like this uh, futuristic uh, apocalyptic weird story in it with lyrics and, and melodies and they, they they used that to to basically create new material uh, also use the the old material and then also reuse that new material in really interesting ways so they they took for example the, the melodies that they heard and then uh, uh, put it into a a, a Bach transformer sort of that created a, kind of like a Bach rave out of it for for a little part of it and I think all these these really interesting things and this 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 blend of um, kind of like a, the boundary between the researchers and the musicians was kind of like fading into each other. It was um, it was it was really interesting. I think that that that. I mean, it is interesting in many respects because um, when looking at your at your paper, where because you use this event to actually as, as some sort of survey or, or as uh, to do some sort of evaluation of uh, what problems or challenges and, and also solutions uh, the various teams uh, faced and came up with. Um, was there a pattern? I mean, according to the paper, there was a pattern to, 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 to see in, in the sense of the, the kind of problems the team struggled with. Um, could you talk us through those? And, and are there parallels from your point of view? Because you, you're not only, as you said earlier in your introduction, you're not only working on audio, you're also working in the domain of video and other generative AI application areas. Do you see a, a pattern and do you have takeaways from your event where you could say, okay, this is, these are learnings which are applicable throughout generative AI, whether it's audio or, or any other domain? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so, so the problems that we that we found. Um, so, so maybe to to cut back a little bit. So, so the way we set up the AI song contest is that the teams had to submit two things. So, one is an audio file. Uh, so that's just the, the song, and the second is a is a process document. And and this process document indeed is what we used for for uh, kind of like a survey. In in this pro in this process document, the teams described what they did, what kind of AI they used, how they over overcome uh, uh, problems that they encountered, how they how they uh, interacted between musicians and researchers, uh, all all those kinds of kind of things. And so so we. We indeed we did a we used this uh, this in a survey this data, and we found uh, a couple of things uh, that that indeed are, are uh, uh, that basically all the teams had in some kind of way. Um, one one of them is that the, the the machine learning is not is for example is not uh, directly steerable, 
and in that sense is that that, that means that uh, you build when you build a model with with AI and and uh, you you train it in, in with with some data and then it it uh, um, it outputs some kind of data. But in music, sometimes you want when you when you're able to generate melodies, for example, you want to say, well, I want these melodies to be a little bit darker, for example, or I want this to be a little bit sadder, for example. And it's really hard if you have a model to actually go in there and, uh, you know, where are the knobs that you have to turn to, to, to tweak your model or the output, your, your generative model. And of course you can, uh, uh, there are, there are ways you can, for example, uh, walk through your latent space in your model where you, where you, where you basically, uh, tune the output a little bit, but it's, it's, it's hard to, to find exactly, you know, where is that exact knob that I need to turn for the output to change in the way that I want want to, um, so that's hard. So so usually what happens is that the teams would out would, would generate something and then modify it a little bit, and we were okay with that. Like uh, people could 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 modify it a little bit. Um, I, w- I was just wondering, uh, not being a music expert at all, but <clears throat> with these output these model outputs, is there any way of um, as a means of of an interface? Because clearly, as you say, it's it's lacking the models by themselves lacking the knobs and, and the capability of being uh, f- fine-tuned on the go or maybe you know, or the results being fine-tuned. But is there a way of combining this with um, uh, modern devices uh, produced by native instruments, for example, machine and whatever they're called, where, where people actually do live performances with? And, and, and even in these live performances, there's, there's a certain level of improvisation sometimes because these machines are so, so uh, powerful when it comes to being used as an interface and to generating music is uh, from your point of view. I mean, of course, that wasn't this, the, the the aim or the objective of this event. But but is there is there is, is is there a reason to believe that that could be combined in some way? So the AI models feed into into these uh, into these devices like those produced by native instruments, and and then there can be performance, which actually has then this device has these knobs to maybe use this input and to modify it in some way. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I think so. What you're seeing right now, I think, is that um, it's really large, a lot of these things. The, this this type of modeling is is really state of the art, uh, where it's in the hands of of AI researchers at this moment. And it, I think it will slowly seep into into more uh, 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 into devices or software that's available for for a general public. Yeah, I think it's that's. I think uh, basically how all technological advances uh, go in, in in some kind of way, um, but uh, I think there there are uh, two problems here. Of course, so one is indeed like how do we how do we get these these models in the hands of of musicians and producers and actually who who can use them in a in a creative way, um, but there's still the problem, and I think it's a research problem where. Uh, where in the model do you do you find these knobs? How to tune them, and 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 can you do this? Uh, um, yeah, in a in a, a kind of like a musically informed way. I, I, that that's still a, a problem that's not solved. So I think that 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 problem needs to be solved to be able to 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 give those knobs to musicians and and, and producers. Um, but I think this kind of research that we did really helps with that because it shows where it goes wrong and where and and why is this important at least important for the musical world and, and the advancement of AI music co-creativity, I think. So, Vincent, uh, besides your work in the Jewry, you have a normal job as well at Airtel Netherlands. Um, 
And generative AI is uh, getting more and more attention in the media business. So to which application or use cases are you applying generative AI techniques? Uh, and could you use these insights from the music information on your daily job? Yeah, so at uh, at Artia Netherlands, we have uh, we have projects on uh, on uh, you could call it generative um, art and, um, uh, and 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 our media products, um, but we we don't have the uh, the goal to again to replace our uh, our editors or our designers. Uh, we want to find AI solutions that can help them in some kind of way. So, uh, as I mentioned before, we have for example a project around automatic promo generation. Where we um, um, where we look at how can we help the, the the promo editors that we have find the right scenes uh, by f- for example providing them by a a, a pre-selected cut of the of, of the video so we we take inter- what we think are interesting scenes and shots put them next to each other um, as kind of like an edit what we think would be a, an okay uh, or a good promo and they can actually. Um, browse to these suggested promos and find the one that's uh, that's appealing, uh, tweak it a little bit, uh, mix it down, and then uh, we have a promo. Um, so that's not we're we're not of course not generating a, a, a movie or we're not generating the shots from from scratch like we like you do in music of course, but this this is a way of of um, of kind of like taking the um, the creative intelligence from the from the editors and the designers. And, and trying to take some of the the boring work from them out of their hands and trying to free up some time for for more interesting stuff. I mean, for this presumably you also look at the audio stream when you when you generate those promos, right? Um, yeah. I mean, clearly that is uh, is not a generative problem as such because the audio stream is already there. But but are there any any sort of or generally when it comes to your work, is there is there any findings from? Uh, from events like the AI song contest or insights, which you find are applicable to your work or will be applicable, or at least give you some sort of new ideas on, on what to look at or on how to work with audio uh, when it, uh, in your video streams? Or, or in, in what sense are some of these findings transferable of, from your point of view? Yeah, Carsten, maybe to, uh, to add something to the question. So I was also thinking, uh, so on TV, you're always searching for, for music that is underlying the scene. Maybe you could connect this as well, some, some sad music and so on. Yeah, I mean, in the end of the yeah, day, you so could generate promos, not only the video stream, or, yeah. and, and yet you could generate dedicated music for a promo extraction, maybe. I mean, it seems a little far-fetched, and it's not entirely clear what, what the benefit will be. But, but yeah, just an idea. Well, there, there, uh, there's definitely a financial benefit, I think, uh, for for <laughs> automatically generating uh, music for for promos. But I, I don't think that's the that's, that's the most important one. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is that so, so one of the uh, the uh, I was in the in the AI um, song contest panel with two other uh, uh, fantastic researchers. So, so one is uh, uh, Anna Wang from from Google Brain. Um, and the other is uh, at Newton Rex, and he was uh, uh, the founder of uh, Juke Deck. And this is a company that uh, that um, uh, that did exactly this. They they generated automatically generated music for for videos. So, for example, for if you had a, a, a YouTube video and you wanted to have royalty free music, you could generate a track there. You could say, okay, give me. Uh, uh, 
uh, these kind of instruments with this kind of mood and the, the, the uh, there should be a peak of, uh, of emotion around this point. And then it would generate a couple of examples for you and you could uh, download them and use them free of, free of charge. Um, so, uh, so this is, of course, uh, really interesting for, for, these, uh, for this promo generation as well. So this, this company is not around anymore. They, they were bought by, uh, by ByteDance. Uh, so he works at TikTok now. Um, um, so they're probably doing something really interesting around this there. So I, I don't know. Um, but, but I think you could, you could uh, the way I would see it in the future is that this kind of, these kind of techniques could be used for uh, personalizing promos, for example, or personalizing uh, some other kind of things. You could really hyper-personalize not just a selection of shots and frames and, and images that you want the, the viewer to see, but you could also generate the music that is, uh, that is um, uh, in tune for that particular viewer or listener. And, uh, and to get back to the findings of our paper, of course you want to find those knobs that you need to tweak from uh, from uh, some kind of seed song or something that you generate, so you could tweak it a little bit for that particular user or segment of your of your user base. You could of or start from from scratch where you generate something for a particular segment, but you could also start out with something that's composed by a human and feed it to a model that that is where you could tweak it a little bit that it gets um, tweaked for a particular segment or or user. I mean, you've touched upon this a number of times, namely about the models. Um, and uh, for your work, a future work at RTL Netherlands, have you seen, especially also during the contest, but apart from the outside of the context, from your interest in research, you're clearly you're, you're still very close to, to the academic, academic and the research arena. Um, are there particular techniques or models, uh, developments, recent developments? I mean, you touched upon transformers, which of course has been massive in NLP, but they're becoming increasingly massive in computer vision. They're becoming massive apparently in audio. Um, are there, uh, so transformer takes over the world. Um, but but um, are there, is, is there findings where you believe, okay, this is meaningful also from an enterprise point of view. Um, this is stuff going on still in the research arena maybe, but this, there are certain, developments which uh, which you believe are becoming very quickly mature and, and very quickly relevant maybe for enterprise. Are, are there any findings like that? Well, I, I think what the, the important thing is about all these uh, these models and the advances, advancements that we're making is that um, with the Transformers example that we can model more longer term um, um, uh, consistency within whatever your input is. So if this is video or if this, uh, uh, these are images, uh, for music, this seems to work really well. And this is kind of, and I guess it still is sort of like holy grail in, in, in music information retrieval and music and AI, modeling the long-term um, structure of music and, and doing that in different, on different levels, so different hierarchies, so not just a melody level, but like how, how what's, what's a good way to segment the melody What's a, what's a good way to structure these, these melodies of melodies, let's say, so you can make a, sort of like a hierarchy of, of your analysis. I think this is, this is where uh, uh, the future is, is going um, uh, in terms of, it, of these, these models. Uh, th that's interesting because from your point of view, is, is, is maybe music more accessible um, for this sort of thing? Because as you say, you have these structures, you have 
people know these are harmonies which work together or whatever or, or work in a certain way together. Yeah, at the end of the day, music is, is a very numerical, if you like, a very precise, almost, um, not sure this is the right wording, but it's a very precise science, much more so than, than people might believe. Um, so is that maybe then more suitable, at, given the state of generative AI or AI in general at the moment, more suitable to coming up with things which sound coherent over a longer period of time, where if you look at natural language processing, okay, transformers give you a little bit more of, as you say, uh, a wider approach, let's say, but at the end of the day, as we all know, I mean, these things <laughs> are still come up with rather strange behavior at the end, after all, because language certainly does have a structure as well, but, but it's maybe not as numeric and as well-defined and understood as it is in music. Is, is that maybe what makes your domain so exciting when it comes to generative AI? Um, part of it is that I think uh, I think also a part of it is that uh, the cool thing about music I think is that uh, a lot is permitted in music. Uh, uh, it's really hard to uh, to define what what good music is, right? So if you have a uh, <laughs> if you have language, if you generate uh, uh, bad uh, badly structured uh, sentences. People say, ah, it, the model doesn't work that well. But if you generate interesting melodies, p people say, ah, yeah, I, I can see that that could work, or that could, that's that's interesting, right? So it's, so there's there's a lot more. It's it's uh, yes, on the one hand, it it is uh, so, some parts of music are numerically defined, as you say it. So it, there there is clear structure there, but there's also a lot of freedom, and it's it's uh, and there's a freedom in a lot of different dimensions in music. So there's there's a there's a lot to explore there. So, I think that's that that uh, makes the application of this these models to to this domain to music really interesting. This is interesting anyway because I always, particularly on Halloween, which is not so long ago, of course, at the end of October. Um, I mean, one one get what gets always reminded how powerful actually the audio stream is in 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 films and movies because the most most boring trivial scene can become all of a sudden in your perception overly dramatic and it's total horror around the corner just because the audio, the music is is, is influencing you uh, in a subtle way and you, you believe any second now something dramatic is going to happen but it's just a totally boring scene you actually visually, visually. Um, so I, I, I guess every time, the, every year, I come to the conclusion: okay, one underestimates this this influence and this power of music, and and I guess in the AI domain, it's 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 maybe similar. I I I feel sometimes there's a lot of focus on computer vision, of course, on NLP, but on the application of audio, it's um, of course there's a lot going on, but it's not as popularized. I believe is that is that right, or from your perception, or? that the generative AI in audio is a little under underestimated by the public anyway, um, even though there are powerful models coming out there or powerful developments and applications? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things that uh, that work into this uh, uh, underappreciation of, of audio in, the, in generative art or in, in AI. Um, although, of, of course, the, the research field and the, the, is huge. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I think um, um, one thing is that the, the visual domain is is uh, is uh, it's easier for us to grasp, right? You can point at something at an image. You could say like, ah, here's this part that you need to need to recognize, and you can even um, through um, 
um, brain research or neurological uh, research. You can you can also see how the brain does this, and you could see really on the on the um, actually where in the brain, uh, for example, certain shapes are recognized. You can actually see it, so you can uh, you can see how this works, and you can translate it to uh, to a model. And with audio, this is this is much harder. You can you cannot point at a particular instrument that's playing somewhere, or or this structure, or a chord. There, it's uh, I think that's that's one. Uh, one part that makes it a lot harder uh, uh, to work on it, and maybe also, um, um, yeah, why there's a little bit less uh, uh, appreciation for it, maybe. Although I don't think there's a, there's less appreciation, but maybe a little bit less research on it. Yeah. Okay, Vincent. Uh, I think we are almost forty minutes in. Uh, we are always finishing with asking our expert uh, a glimpse into the near future of AI. Um, so the AI contest um, focused very much on augmented music. Um, how far are we away from fully end-to-end -end artificial generated music and what are going to be the most likely next achievements on this road? Uh, well, I, I hope we can see it in the next AI song contest, actually. So we're, <laughs> when, we're, when is this? <laughs> make, make, make some promo, make some promo. <laughs> um, so we're we're uh, in the process of organizing the the next one. Uh, we have a website up uh, aisongcontest.com. Uh, it will it will hold all the details uh, uh, very soon, and we will uh, send out a call in the in the next uh, couple of weeks or, or months. And uh, um, so we hope we will have a, another really exciting uh, AI song contest again uh, uh, somewhere next year. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I think these kind of contests really help in uh, in uh, in showing what the state of the art is, um, and showing what is possible for uh, co-creativity between humans and and AI, and what an exciting future uh, that is. I think that's a, um, and it's it's not only the the actual output. There, there's also the all the um, the ethical questions that that come into play as well. Um, we had a a, a medium post. Uh, a while ago on on ethics, and you see that 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 there, um, this is just uncharted territory, sort of. People, uh, some of the teams think, for example, that uh, that uh, the developers of TensorFlow would have a would have a stake in the the ownership of their song, for example, because they they made it possible to generate the models, which is kind of like saying that Fender, um, the, the the guitar producer, uh, it should own royalties to songs that are written on the guitar or something. So it, it, really weird stuff. So so I think there's also in that direction, a lot of interesting uh, stuff is uh, is going on and will be uh, discovered and decided in the, in the next coming years. But when it comes to research, I, I really think that, um, um, as I said, a better modeling of longer term structure uh, and also internal structure um, on different levels, hierarchical structure. Uh, that's really important. Um, and also another thing that I, I find really important is also a modeling of more um, kind of like a, a softer approach uh, of AI. So part of my, my PhD research was on uh, can we, for example, uh, extend models so that they can take into account multiple viewpoints of people. So uh, we gave uh, uh, 50 songs to a couple of experts and they had to write down the, the, uh, the, the harmony, what they were hearing. And they were hearing different things. They, they disagreed. And uh, I think this is a, um, uh, referring to what we, what we mentioned before, 
the music is so um, interesting in, the, in that regard that there's no really fundamental truth to it. So what people hear different things, they can interpret it differently. I think this is also something that, that needs to be uh, researched more and it should end up in the fundamentals of the models uh, uh, more strongly. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a lot of exciting work to be done. And um, Vincent, thank you again, indeed, for, for taking all the time um, to actually talk to us today. And this is this is very exciting work. Um, this was, uh, I believe, very entertaining stuff. And uh, so thank you. And uh, yeah, talk to you next time. All right, Vincent. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.